Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think, Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, greetings. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're geeking out over a uh, Oro de Calabeza, uh, Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales out of uh, Dexter, Michigan. Does that mean gold of a cow or? No, it's different. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Calabaza. gold of the pumpkin. I don't know. Cabeza is hit. Right, it's Calabeza. Yeah, so that means. This is. Giving head, I don't know. Something more than the head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> more than the head. The head and the neck. The whole shooting match. I don't know. It's good. But this is, yeah, mm-hmm. Jolly Pumpkin makes great beers. I They did a Canyon Brew, a uh, couple of Canyon Brewits with us. Yeah. And uh, real real nice guys. Ron Jeffries. Uh, still remember him. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, great beers. So uh, yeah, it's nice to kind of geek out with uh, some fine beers at the, yeah. while we're doing the show. Michigan's got a lot of great beer. It's uh, When I left, I left because they didn't have all that great beer but that was you know 20. you left and the beer improved is that yeah, what you're saying ba- you know it right. seems to be the, we'll get the, the hell case. out of california we'll see, <laughs> see how the beers do see if i can improve it here too yeah <laughs> but yeah i was i was just there uh, last month and uh yeah up in traverse city north peak um sh- uh, shorts brewing um bells of course i mean jolly pumpkin down towards ann arbor uh, a lot of a lot of great craft breweries mm-hmm. in Michigan these days. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. a beer state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you got any uh, any uh, events coming up? You traveling? Uh, not, some events? not so much at the moment. I've got a uh, uh, beer festival coming up in October at uh, Big Bear in California. Here, mm-hmm. um, shame to say, I can't remember the exact name of it at the moment. I should have looked it up. But uh, I will. We'll talk about it as uh, time approaches. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll let you know what's going on. All right. Well, and I've got uh, GABF coming up. I'll be there signing books with uh, Chris White, yep. the uh, Yeast Book, which you can actually pick up in the Brew Network store. You can get signed copies there. If you can't afford a ticket to GABF, just uh, point your browser to uh, com slash forward slash store. And in there, just click on books and you'll see the books there. You can also buy a copy of John and Mai's, uh Bring Classic Styles. Those sure. are signed. Uh, you can get uh, the East book. Uh, those will be signed. Uh, the pre-order right now, but uh, you'll get them about as fast as you can possibly get the book from from anybody unless you're at uh, GABF because we're getting a big shipment right after that. And we'll Although, if you're listening to this on podcast, it's probably the best place to get it would be it, – it'll be post-GABF. We'll be – go to the store. Yeah. Always. That's the only place you'll get your signed copy after GABF. Right. right. Yeah. Is, uh Yep, yep, yep. You gotta, you gotta hit uh, the Brewing Network, and you know a big portion of the the sale of those books uh, goes to support the Brewing Network. So uh, you're you're doing a couple of good things at once. You're getting yourself a great book, 
lot of great information on yeast and fermentation, and you're supporting the Brewing Network. Uh, and uh, uh, speaking of events, so you know, GABF, and then I'm also going out to New York for, uh, I don't know, it's around Craft Beer Week for uh, some sort of a keg, uh, craft, uh, cask fest. And uh, some homebrew shop meetings. So I'll be out there just uh, the week after uh, JBF. I'll, I'll post on Twitter and Facebook as well and uh, get caught up on that. Yeah, New York Craft Beer Week. You'll be getting there on Friday, it looks like. And um, what are you doing? Saturday from 12 to 3 and 5 to 8, um, there will be Cascale Food Festival, and you'll be there speaking. That sounds really good. At those, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both of those, it looks like. Yeah, and then uh, homebrew shop. Uh, one of the one or two of the Brooklyn homebrew shops, maybe on Friday. I think that's right. On Friday afternoon, yeah. um, you will head to Brooklyn Homebrew. Mm-hmm. You'll do uh, from six to six thirty. Uh, you'll be doing a book signing at Brooklyn Homebrew, and from there, I guess uh, you'll be going out in a little New York City pub crawl, which, uh, by the way, is uh, I've done it a couple of times out there with listeners and. Mm-hmm. Both times, some of the best pub crawling I've ever done. So you're going to have a good time. There you go. Bring your knee pads. Come (laughs) come (laughs) a-crawling. Yeah. I'll be be there. All right. And uh, speaking of uh, great trips, you know, John and I and John. So my my two favorite Johns. Mr. Blickman and myself. (laughs) Palmer and Blickman and and me. We are going to uh, come out to your place and brew with you. That's right. If you are a proud new owner of a Blickman top-tier system... Mm-hmm. Buy one between now and January 21st, 2011. And we will help you brew on it. Yeah, you'll be entered in. Uh, we'll do a drawing here on Brew Strong. And uh, uh, whoever the winner is in the lower 48 states, uh, Blickman Engineering will pick up the tab to fly the three of us out there. And we will brew with you and uh, help you... Uh, and make make magic on your uh, on your Brickman top tier system. Yeah, Jamil and I were just talking about how we have make each magic. have our well that too, but uh, <laughs> talking about how we have our t- top tier system set up. Mm-hmm. Whether they're uh, staggered so that you know it's a total gravity system, mm-hmm. and uh, as it spirals around the the post, or I've got mine set up where I've got uh, both the mash and uh, boil uh, burners set at the same level, 180 degrees apart, and the HLT uh, behind the uh, 90 degrees from those. So mm-hmm. that system seems to work out well for me with the pump and so on. Yeah, the thing I love about the top tier is it's reconfigurable. When you get these yeah. these systems that are built into one piece, uh, not only is the shipping more expensive because, you know, they got to, like, you know, truck it in a one giant piece. With the Blickman, you actually get to make some decisions yourself uh, about where where these things go, where the burners go, and the level, and the height, and the position. And if you decide a little later on it's not quite working for you, and this burner needs to be a little higher or on the opposite side or whatever, you can do that. Yep. Uh, you know, if you change, change your, around, yeah. your brewing location to, you know, some other place where all of a sudden, because the way you set these things up, you know, they're like right-handed or left-handed. They really are. Yeah. And that's another point. You know, if you are a left-handed brewer, it may actually be to your advantage to get a Blickman system because, you know, you can 
kind of configure it the way that you want. You don't have to live in live in the right hand world for, you know, yeah. for for that sort of thing. So it's nice. I I like the the fact. You know, I was putting mine together, and, and I was like, uh, you know, where exactly do I put this? Do I want it here? Do I want it there? Well, I want this height. I realized well, it's like, well, you know, if I don't like this, it's not that tough to to adjust it and, and change, uh, you know, how how uh, how the thing's going to lay out. So yep. I thought that was uh, a really nice feature of that. So get yourself to BlickmanEngineering.com. Uh, that's Blickman with two ends, and uh, check out those top tier systems. You can pick them up uh, direct from Blickman, or you can get them from uh, a lot of great uh, homebrew shops. Yeah. Uh, that have those things. Yeah, you and, order it from your local homebrew shop, and it'll be drop shipped too. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, speaking of great homebrew shops, uh, Green and Grape, Australia. Yes. Uh, down in Melbourne. We've both been there, uh, gone out and, and explored that shop and hung out with them while they brewed some beer. And yep. uh, John uh, Preston and uh, his uh, shop there, Green and Grape, they've been in business 20 years supplying uh, Australian and, and abroad uh, homebrewers, uh, you know, probably New Zealand as well. Uh, good people, and uh, they got uh, you know great fresh ingredients. I was there; I, I you know tasted the grains myself, and uh, I can vouch for for the quality of what they're providing. Uh, their great customers. variety, great freshness. Yeah, and John and and the rest of his staff seem to have real passion for for beer and brewing quality beer. Oh yeah, you know it doesn't seem like it's a. I don't you know I don't I don't want to be insulting to uh, to John. Another one of my favorite Johns. <laughs> I get a lot of Johns in my life. Um, but, you know, I, I realize it's a business, but sometimes I don't think he treats it truly like, uh, you know, like a money-making venture. <laughs> he treats it more as, as a passion. He, he spends a lot of time working with child. home brewers and yeah. uh, supporting the homebrew community. So uh, I think that's very cool. Uh, you know, same thing for, uh, you know, John Blickman. He, you know, seems more interested in uh, being part of the passion and, you know, just doing things right and, and, and doing things, uh, having a lot of fun with it. So, uh, I love that about those guys. That's, uh, really nice. So you should support them. Uh, give them a, uh, send them an email, uh, send them an email, give them a call, whatever, check out the website, let them know that, uh, you heard them here and that you appreciate that they, uh, they participate and help support us. So good stuff. Yep. All right. What's our uh, question for today on Bruce Strong? Well, first, Hat Tricks in the chat wants us to know that it is Golden Pumpkin. That's what Calabaza is. <laughs> See, I said it's, pumpkin, oh, didn't I? Yeah, it's Golden Pumpkin. So that's what we're drinking. Uh, okay, we had a phoner from uh, Brazil call in for today's topic. Right. Here you go. Hey, this is Phil from Brazil, and I have two questions regarding adjuncts. So I know that table sugar is used in bigger than you anymore, and that the alcohol generated is pretty neutral. I also know that some breweries use rice or corn as an adjunct to make beer lighter in body and because it's cheaper. Uh, what I really don't know is how these ingredients and processes compare to one another. Uh, for example, if I were to choose between a starch based adjunct such uh, rice or corn and plate table sugar, uh, what would result in the most attentive work? Uh, and what are the main differences in flavor and body between them? Should I do a longer mash in case I choose corn or rice? Uh, and uh, also, why usually an adjunct beer with big OG chooses sugar instead of rice or corn? And uh, why a light adjunct beer chooses corn or rice instead of sugar? That's it. Thank you. And uh, I, I would love if you answer some of these questions and some others that I didn't ask here. 
All right. Thanks, Phil. Uh, you know, Phil's been a long-time listener. And, yeah. Uh, you know, very supportive of the program. So uh, last night around midnight, I said, oh, I need people to <laughs> phone in these requests. Because you get them an email. Uh, uh, you can uh, email us at uh, brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. All those uh, questions you might have, show ideas, just send them that. Uh, you're you're going to get an automated response because we can't respond to all of them. But uh uh, you know, it gives us a chance to uh, get your your thoughts and ideas in the queue, and that's where where Philip did, and then I asked him to uh, call in and give it. So right to so, prove that it wasn't just Justin writing all these down. It really are, there are real people behind these questions. Yeah, well, it's nice it's nice to hear from uh, hear from the listeners. I, I think it uh, definitely makes it special, absolutely special. All right, so answer me one quick question, and then and then we'll take a break. What is an adjunct, John? Okay. An adjunct is a non-enzymatic fermentable. Non-enzymatic fermentable. Mm-hmm. It is something so, that cannot con- – it's a starch source that mm-hmm. cannot convert itself. Hmm. Okay. Interesting definition. I wouldn't have thought that. All right. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, you'll delve into everything about non-enzymatic starch sources back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Blickman Engineering. Think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a war 
award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Brewers Publications is proud to announce their newest release, Yeast, the Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation by Chris White and Jamil Zanishef. The Practical Guide to Beer Fermentation is a resource for brewers of all experience levels. Chris and Jamil thoroughly cover yeast selection, storage, handling yeast, and how to culture yeast. Learn how to set up your own yeast lab, the basics of fermentation science and how it affects your beer, plus step-by-step procedures, equipment lists, and a comprehensive troubleshooting guide. Professionals and homebrewers trust Dr. Chris White, who founded White Labs Yeast more than 15 years ago. And Jamil Zanishev is one of the most respected and most awarded homebrewers in history and co-author of Brewing Classic Styles with John Palmer. Visit Brewers Publications on Facebook for more information. Order your copy at shop.beertown.org or from the Brewing Network. Yeast, the practical guide to beer fermentation by two of the most trusted names in commercial and home brewing. Proudly available soon from Brewers Publications. Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus 2 from my yeast starter. No, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart? Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com you will what's your feel like take awesome and multiply it by two yeah <laughs> spraying live beer radio all over your face <laughs> can't get any better than this baby it's the brewing network back to your hosts jamil zana chef and john palmer Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're talking adjuncts in brewing, and and John gave an interesting definition of uh, what an adjunct is. It's a non-enzymatic uh, because I was thinking, well, okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Uh, you know, like corn, that'll have enzymes, but you know, if you malt it, you know, to get the enzymes ready to, right. you, know, you know, then it becomes a malt. It's no longer an adjunct. It would right. be a malt still. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I, I was thinking, like I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, the, you know, an adjunct would be something that is like not traditionally found in your average beer, you know, uh, like, a, you know, your malted barley, malted wheat, um, yeah, you know, it, things along those if lines. If you think of adjunct as other, 
mm-hmm. you know, other than malted barley or mm-hmm. other than barley malt. And mm-hmm. you, broadly, you can look at it, but mm-hmm. t- um, technically, technically, it's a non-enzymatic starch source, one that self that can't self convert. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, flaked barley is an adjunct. Mm-hmm. Um, flaked wheat, um, uh, unmalted wheat is an adjunct. Well, uh-huh. Malted wheat is malt. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, by that definition, simple sugars like uh, Belgian candy syrup or um, uh, sucrose, and you know, they, those are you know by that definition are not adjuncts. But under the definition of other. Mm-hmm. They are considered adjuncts, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're because they're a non-enzymatic, you know, source of fermentable extract. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in the but in the case of simple sugars, they're already converted; they don't need conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, things like spices are are not an adjunct. No, they're more of a yeah, they fall flavoring more, additive flavor. or something. Yeah, kind of like hops to mm-hmm. something or or groot or mm-hmm. you know other. Uh, seasonings. Mm-hmm. So, would fruit and all that be an adjunct, or? Yeah, uh, I be- I believe they would. I mean, they're not a not necessarily a starch source. Mm-hmm. Um, although, on the other hand, a pumpkin, you mm-hmm. know, beer would be a starch source. Mm-hmm. That would be a def- pumpkin would be an adjunct in that sense. Mm-hmm. But where you got where you've already got the sugars there, they don't need conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't need to be in the mash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Typically, uh, I, th- I think that the the most rigorous definition of an adjunct is something is a starch source that needs to be added to the mash, mm-hmm. but doesn't mm-hmm. provide its own enzymes. Okay. Now, why use adjuncts in brewing? I, you know, uh, when I started home brewing, which wasn't that long ago, um, <laughs> a little over ten years ago, uh, you know. The whole thing was no adjuncts are bad. You don't want to use adjuncts. That's what you know. Budweiser, Miller, of course, time. it's got to be all malt. And yeah. I, I guess I know the answer to this, but you know, but but why would you uh, uh, why would you use an adjunct in a beer? The I think the best reason is to reduce the body mm-hmm. of an all malt beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really that is the reason adjuncts have been used throughout the ages. I mm-hmm. mean, for the last couple hundred years, um, the body flavor development, uh, attenuation, all sorts yeah. of different things. Yeah. I mean, you know, using, using adjuncts like flake corn, you, you get some flavor out of the corn. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, you get, you know, you get, uh, some different flavors in the beer that way. We, you know. Wheat beers or uh, uh, barley beers that you add mm-hmm. uh, wheat to, mm-hmm. you you get some you get some flavor from those adjuncts. But uh, rice, corn, simple sugars, uh, those sorts of adjuncts to all malt beers, it was an attempt to lighten the body mm-hmm. to make that beer you know less heavy, a little more refreshing. Um, well, and the interesting thing on rice is. Uh, you know, you take rice and you add that to your to your mash. The rice gets converted into maltose and exactly. you know, glucose, and mainly maltose, just like you know all your barley does. Right. You end up with the you know, it's it's the same type of enzyme. It's a, it's those barley enzymes yeah. creating the same maltose that it creates from methane. It doesn't care what the sugar is. Right. You know, and the, that kind of directly light. answers one of Phil's questions. I mean, yeah. he said, you know, what's the difference between Brewing with corn versus mm-hmm. rice versus mm-hmm. simple sugars, mm-hmm. 
right. or like a sucrose in a beer. And the difference is if you're brewing with uh, corn or rice in the mash, mm-hmm. those are going to be converted to maltose, as you say. You're going to mm-hmm. get the same or nearly the same wort sugar for profile out of those mm-hmm. adjuncts that you would from the barley but malt they, itself, but you have less protein right. because those adjuncts do not have mm-hmm. the protein levels, the beta-glucan levels, mm-hmm. the you know the stuff that makes the body of the beer. Also, a lot of the flavor development of malting and the husks and things right. like that that come along with barley right. that, that you tend not to have with rice or, or right. corn. So, yeah, you, you end up with lighter flavors in that beer converted, mm-hmm. you know, com- compared to an all-malt beer. Um, on the other hand, if you add sugars to a to a beer sugars to you know essentially the boil mm-hmm. um that is a that is changing the sugar profile of the beer and it's going to change the fermentation profile of the beer the yeast are going to act on that sugar profile differently than they would on a all malt or a uh, malt and starch adjunct mash mm-hmm. you're going to get a different flavor profile from adding simple sugars mm-hmm Okay. So uh, now um how do we go about using adjuncts? Uh, you know I guess uh you want to add them to the mash, but you know, do you need to do something in preparation for using them in the mash? How do you know? I mean, some of these you can just throw in the mash. The right. flake stuff I know you can throw in the mash. But what about all these others? You know, if yeah. I if I get a sack of uh feed corn <laughs> and I want to use it in my beer, how do I go about that that sort of thing? And how do I tell what, what I can just use in the mash and what I need to do some special cereal cooking or something like that? Okay, this is where this is where adjunct brewing gets a little bit complicated because there are many different – there's several different kinds of adjunct, you know, and, and each one has its own uh, recipe for, how, you know, how you add it to the beer uh-huh. to get to get the, ex- the fermentable extract out of it. Um, let me think where to start. Uh, okay, if you take let's use your example of feed corn. Mm-hmm. You know, there you have the whole kernel of the corn. You've got the bran. You've got the oil. Mm-hmm. You have the germ. Uh, those, you know, in other words, you're going to get non-starch parts of the kernel into the mash, and especially the oils and the germ are going to add. They're going to add flavor, but they're also going to add, uh, you know, components that can contribute to staling, mm-hmm. especially the oils in the corn and the, in the germ will, I mean, you know, initially within the first week or so, you would, if tasting that beer, you'd say, oh, I've got a real bright corn flavor. But within, you know, short time afterwards, those will readily oxidize and you're going to get some real bad uh, off flavors, staling flavors from, from due to that. Um, so if you're going to brew with corn, you want to brew with a de-germed corn, mm-hmm. um, or you know, and uh, so you know, feed corn from the store is not you know from the feedlot. It's not the best choice if you're going to brew an adjunct beer. You want something that's been separated. You know, brewer's corn, mm-hmm. uh, flake corn is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. You can also use uh, cornmeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get a bag of cornmeal from the store. The trouble is, um, you know, though that cornmeal is going to take a lot of cooking. To get it, uh, get those starches uh, solubilized, get them hydrated, in uh, in order that the enzymes can actually work mm-hmm. on the starches, convert the starches to sugars. Oh, and you have to do the whole corn as well, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole, I mean, any, any starch that you put in the mash has mm-hmm. got to, you've got to make it accessible to the enzymes. Mm-hmm. And the way you make it accessible is to make it um, water soluble. Mm-hmm. You get those starches hydrated, um, get them fully, you know, hydrated and soluble, water soluble. Then the enzymes can have access to it and break those starches down into sugars. Um, d- different cereal grains have different, uh, what we call gelatinization temperatures. Mm-hmm. That is uh, different. Barley has a gelatinization temperature of uh, oh, sorry, 60, 60 to 65 C uh-huh. or um, 145 to about 150 F. Uh-huh. And uh, so about 150 F, all your starches in the, in the, in the barley malt, in the barley become soluble and they're able to be acted on by the enzymes. Um, if you're mashing in uh, with, say, uh, unmalted barley, mm-hmm. um, you know anything any any temperature less than 150 degrees, you're not going to have complete access. They're not going to be fully uh, soluble, and the enzymes won't be able to work on them, and you won't get any fermentable extract out of it. Mm-hmm. Malt the advantage of malting a, a, a grain, whether it's wheat or barley or rye, is that uh, you break down the the endosperm you you break down the protein carbohydrate matrix to make these uh, carbohydrates more accessible and uh, easier to water solubilize and easier for the enzymes to have access. Um, so that's the first step in in adjunct brewing is making the starches uh, accessible. Um, different rice has a uh, the highest. Uh, gelatinization temperature of any of the cereal grains. Um, I believe it's up around 170 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, oats are uh, down around 155, um, 150. Uh, corn is also down around the 150 degree range. Um, so these, you know, you can add them uh, directly to the mash, uh, and they will uh, become soluble and they will be converted. Mm-hmm. Um, rice. Uh, and to some extent, corn need some cooking to help you get you know get mm-hmm. the get them hydrated, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then able to be acted on. So, uh, a lot of your cereal mashing is the uh, intent is to cook that, or uh, use enzyme actions in addition to heat mm-hmm. to uh, get the get the starches uh, soluble or gelatinized. Okay. Well, let's take a short break, and when we come back, I, w- I want to hear more about uh, this cooking process and how you do it. I want you to, okay. to walk us through step-by-step step, uh, from a sack of rice to uh, into the mash. Back after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Brew 
cutting-edge equipment from Blickman Engineering is designed by brewers to make your brew day shorter, more enjoyable, and to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the Intuitive Beer Gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh, White Labs. It's all in the vial. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. Seven Bridges has the best selection of organic ingredients, including over 27 varieties of organic hops at breworganic.com. Join their mailing list for special deals and regular updates. They've been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for 13 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. And Seven Bridges is the proud host of the fourth annual National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Take the challenge this fall for a chance to win great prizes, including stainless steel brew kettles and organic brewing ingredients. This year, the challenge will be judged in two locations, on the East Coast at Capital City Brewing in Arlington, Virginia, and on the West Coast at Gordon Biersch in San Jose, California. For complete details, visit breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to great beer and people-friendly business practices. They offer environmentally friendly, fair trade, and fair wage brewing products whenever possible. Seven Bridges, breworganic.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewing Network. 
Like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Bruce Strong. All right, so we were talking uh, about adjunct brewing and rice and corn and things like that. I want you to walk us through the process. I have, uh, I, I could take a, a sack of rice I have in my pantry, right? Right. And I can use that rice as an adjunct for my regular beer. Now, how do I take that rice and, and use it in the beer? I can't just pour it into the boil kettle. Right. The... There, there's there's two steps. One, you got to get the starches soluble, and two, you got to get the starches converted. So, uh, the the gelatinization temperature, the solubility temperature of a lot of these adjuncts are different from that of barley. Uh, generally, they're higher. So, what we what we do as brewers to prepare them uh, for addition to the mash is we do what was called is called a cereal mash. Um, which is kind of like a cereal cooking. Um, you can do it as a straight cooking, like if, uh, you know, your rice and that you got in the bag, you know, um, you can cook it first, get mm-hmm. it nice and soft, just like you would for the dinner table, mm-hmm. and just, and add that to your mash because it's, now it's pre-solubilized, as, you know, it's, it's ready to convert. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can... Uh, use malt enzymes to speed up the solubilization process. Um, And that's why, I mean, the reason you use enzymes to speed up the process is that when you think about a commercial brewery and the amount of energy required to cook the adjunct first, Mm -hmm. it makes sense for it to um, use enzymes to, to, reduce the amount of energy needed for that process, you know, mm-hmm. from a commercial standpoint. So that's where cereal mashing comes in. What you do is you take your your grain to be cooked, put it in a pot with a, a high uh, water-to-grist ratio, um, 4 to 1, 6 to 1, um, and, uh, you know, so it's loose and, ha- you know, there's room for water to be absorbed by the grain. you got extra water there. And you also add about 15% uh, of uh, barley malt mm-hmm. to that, mm-hmm. and you you conduct it like a mash. You you know you dough in at a low temperature, go through your protein rest, you know 130 degrees, on up to your beta amylase rest, you know um, 140 up to 150, and in doing so, what you're doing is you're you're giving these enzymes that are in the barley malt time to work on the starches. Uh, on the grain, and especially your alpha amylase is very good for imp- improving the high, the uh, the solubility of starches, getting in there and, and helping unlock um, and open up the starches, make them more accessible to to water, and hydrate them faster, and uh, that reduces the amount of energy you need to cook them, and so you can. Um, you can, where it may take, um, you know, an hour to, or an hour, you know, more, two hours to straight do a straight cook on the, the starches to get them soluble. By doing a cereal mash and using enzymes in conjunction with that, uh, you can cut that time down and uh, get them soluble sooner. Mm-hmm. And then once you've got them soluble, now you've got also you've also got them hot. Mm-hmm. 
and you can kind of use that like a decoction addition to your mash right. to to raise the temperature. Very often, what I'll do is um, I'll you know start my main mash at say dough in temperatures, and then go to my uh, my adjunct cereal mash. Mm-hmm. That's you know sitting at 160 now, or even at boiling. I've got, I've done. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. Once you're done with the temperature rests mm-hmm. uh, for alpha amylase, take it up to it. boil it. Yeah, you go ahead and boil it. Finish that cooking process. So now you've got. Doesn't you know, that also kind of make the the starches more fluffy? Yeah. So it exposes more surface area to the enzymes in the mash. Yeah, they'll be fully they'll be fully hydrated at that point. You want mm-hmm. them fully hydrated at the end of your cereal mash cooking process. Mm-hmm. So now you when you add them to your main mash, the enzymes can, you know, it's very easy for them to get in there mm-hmm. and uh, work on them. Um, crushing your, your, your adjunct grain before cooking also helps. Mm-hmm. You know, if you... Um, they I mean, tend to be pretty hard. Right. Your, your rice grains, you know, I mean, everybody's used to cooking rice and getting mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of cooked as is mm-hmm. but uh you know for brewing for for getting for making that starch accessible to the brewing enzymes it makes sense to crush up that rice mm-hmm. before you cook it mm-hmm. you know it'll it'll cook up that much faster mm-hmm. um cornmeal uh works the same way cornmeal nice small grit mm-hmm. size um polenta or yeah mm-hmm. polenta you you know you add you uh cook that get that and put that in the mash mm-hmm. it'll convert re- very readily well, don't they have uh, different grades of um, meal and polenta that have the germ or without the germ? And you yeah. want the ones without the germ. Without the germ, yeah. Um, and because uh, of the oil and right other, uh-huh. to get the get the oils out, the oils will cause premature staling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like anything with oils in it, it tends to go rancid, right? And they oxidize, and they, they, it tends to be a nasty, nasty right. thing, okay. right? Yeah, I've I've had good luck with uh, you know plain cornmeal. Um, kind of look to don't get the extra enriched uh, cornmeal, iron enriched. That's you mm-hmm. know kind of prevalent in the stores. If you can get it without iron in it, um, that helps. Even, but even using normal cornmeal that has iron in it, I have not had problems with that in beer. I've had always had good beer flavor mm-hmm. despite the iron fortification. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's not too bad. The, the levels that are, you'll experience. In and that. the iron makes you ready like bull. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also can get a little bit of iron off flavor in, in a beer if you're using a lot of it. But you know, since an adjunct, you're typically using maybe up to twenty percent um, in, in the beer. Mm-hmm. The the reason to use an adjunct is to lighten the body of the beer, mm-hmm. um, provide a little bit of a of a lighter flavor or a little different flavor accent. Right. Um, it's it's not about making the beer cheaper very mm-hmm. often even for you know the big breweries they're they're not using rice because it's cheaper mm-hmm. it costs about the same as the barley malt mm-hmm. it's all about lightening the body changing the character right. of the beer it's interesting i was doing a, an article for, for a brew your own magazine i do the style profile column uh, for the past f- 4 years or so and um i was doing a column on uh, uh california common and uh, some historic uh, information they were they were saying, oh, you know, California kind of steam beer is made. You know, it's thirty percent adjunct. It's caramel syrups and you know rice or corn, and you know it's not all malt. 
But one researcher argued the point that it would be all malt because especially, you know, when they're first setting up business in California during the gold rush, um, it would have been quite a bit more expensive to set up the extra equipment to do a cereal mash. Yeah, that's true. Because it takes a lot more equipment and fuel and time to work with these cereals or with these adjuncts than it does to just work with, with barley malt. Right. And uh, barley malt was being grown. You know, they can just use that and yeah. avoid the, the the extra equipment and time and money in trying to use cereals. So they wouldn't have used those things. Right. And uh, so I think the argument for, you know, oh, yeah, they were doing all these adjuncts is I, – I don't think that's that's quite yeah. quite true. That's right. Yeah. And and that really that's the whole purpose of malting is to make these starches more accessible, mm-hmm. you know, to and make these sugars. I mean, you can – you can make beer without malty, malted grain, um, and uh, really that's where a lot of the uh, the Belgian sour styles come from. You know, the historically is where you take starches and and hydrate them and bacterially ferment them to and and to get those get those raw starches converted to you know to uh, fermented to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you start. Making the you know when man started making that process a little bit easier by malting the grain and getting the enzyme conversion from starch to sugars, mm-hmm. and then you know the now the yeast can take over rather than bacteria, uh, and you know that's kind of been the little bit of the evolution of beer there. But uh, malt the purpose of malting is to make uh, the the fermentation process uh, easier. You know, make the starch mm-hmm. more accessible. When you when you do agile brewing, you've got to go. You've got to take a step back and make the starches soluble first, um, and do the cereal mash. Now, what about um, uh, flake grains? Is is anything uh, that's flaked? Uh, can you avoid this whole cereal mash step? You take anything flaked and just throw it right in your mash. Generally, mm-hmm. uh, there's different degrees of flaking. Fl- the process of flaking. Um, comes from We've mastered around here. <laughs> That's right. We're all we're all a bunch of flakes. Uh, the process of flaking, though, was uh, was developed by the cereal companies, uh, Quaker Oats and other oat companies way back. You know, trying to make a, a an easier to cook breakfast cereal. Uh-huh. And really, what flaking is is you take take the uh, the grain, whether it's oats or mm-hmm. barley or whatever, you take the you take the husk off. Then you steam cook it, mm-hmm. and while you're steam cooking it, you know you're making it a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. You roll it between two hot rollers, flatten it out, mm-hmm. give it more surface area, complete that steam cooking, mm-hmm. and now you've got a pre-cooked or pre-gelatinized uh, starch, mm-hmm. and that you know reduces the amount of uh, of energy needed to. Uh, finish solubilization and uh, allows you to take, um, you know, take that starch and put it right in the mash because it's been pre-gelatinized. Mm-hmm. There's different degrees of flaking. You got you if you think about oats, you've got your instant oats, you've got your quick oats, you've got your old-fashioned oats. Old-fashioned, you know, take the longest you got to boil those for five minutes to make oatmeal. Quick oats only boil a minute. Instant oats, you can just pour the hot water in and they're ready to eat. Mm-hmm. You know. If you think about that in terms of brewing, the instant oats, 
add directly to the mash. They're they're right there. That they'll convert you know, as soon as you add them. Mm-hmm. The and the minute oats are um, aren't quite as as uh, pre as aren't quite as pre gelatinized. Mm-hmm. You they would probably benefit from a little bit of uh, cooking to speed their conversion in the mash. But the quick oats will still convert as is in the mash. It takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. It takes a little longer for the starches to be able to act, or the enzymes to be able to act on them. But they'll convert. Uh, old-fashioned notes um, would take even longer, but uh, those definitely benefit from pre-cooking. Now, are the oats that are sold at the brew shop different than the oats that, you know, Quaker oats on the on the store shelf in the grocery store? No, not really. Okay. They, I think if you if you go to go to uh, some place like Breeze, you know, they've they've done the flaking process mm-hmm. pre- specifically with brewing in mind. Right. You know, they want them you know, pre-converted, mm-hmm. ready to add to the mash, mm-hmm. no cooking required. So mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they're more the quick variety than, say, the old-fashioned variety. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, okay. it's the same. Now, one of the questions Philip had, he's like, he's having problems with his beers attenuating not quite enough. And he was wondering, in his bigger beers, if he uses these kinds of adjuncts, is that going to solve his problem? Is that is that why you would use adjuncts? Uh, for fermentability, for, you can you can use um, and uh, let me let me stick right with, just with rice and corn at the moment. Um, you if you as we were saying earlier, when you put rice and corn in the mash, you're getting the same sugar profile mm-hmm. as the rest of the mash from the barley. So uh, there's nothing inherent in adding rice and corn to the mash that's going to lower. Um, it's going to help it, fermentability. Yeah, but right. It's, that's going to lower the attenuation or improve mm-hmm. the attenuation, lower it, the, the final gravity. But it might help with the beer's overall flavor if it's right. too malt heavy. Yes. If you want a higher if it seems alcohol beer too, that isn't too heavy. Too heavy or right. too thick. Yeah, you can thin the body that way. If if you're trying to lower, but it won't affect attenuation because right. it's still the same types of sugars as all malt. Right. Okay. Right. So if you're trying to, but on the other hand, if you're trying to improve fermentability of the beer um, without changing your mash profile, mm-hmm. your temperature profile, mm-hmm. then adding simple sugars, replacing some of the malt with simple sugars, right? Table sugar, or right? Beet sugar that or will improve the increase the fermentability, lower. The final gravity of the beer, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, those simple sugars will ferment uh, more completely. Right, and and just like uh, I think one of the things we talked about uh, uh, at our NHC show with uh, uh, Kai uh, Troister, right. um, you know, doing a forced ferment test to see what your wort's going to attenuate to. That's always a good idea because then you you can kind of figure out whether your wort is fermentable enough. Or, you know, and, and that's the problem why it won't ferment further, or uh, you have problem. a yeast problem. Right. And that's, that's why it's not fermenting enough. So that's, that's a, you know, a, good, a good test to do if you're having trouble with uh, attenuation. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what, what else uh, do we need to know about uh, brewing with adjuncts? What else, what else should people know before they tackle this? Well, um let me let me go over the uh, the temperatures real quick. Um, you know, in a in a barley mash, we're working with temperatures from uh, 
150 up to 165F or 60 to 70C because that's where the barley starches are soluble. Any adjunct that you want to add to a barley mash needs to be soluble at those temperatures for the enzymes to be able to act on them. So uh, wheat works because its solubilization temperatures, thanks, Jamil, its its solubilization temperatures are 136 to 147F or 58 to 64C. So that, you know, you can put those directly in the barley mash and those will convert. Um, Rye, on the other hand, its temperature is 135 to 158. So you can, it won't be completely soluble in the mash until you're up to 158 or 160, which is a little, you know, on the high end of a barley mash. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it will, it's partially soluble starting at 135 um, or 57C. So you will get, you know, you will get conversion of it, but maybe not complete conversion depending on your temperatures. Oats are kind of the same thing. Uh, they're lower, 127 to 138 or 53 to 59. Corn, 62 to 74C or 143 to 165. So looking at the 165F final temp or 74C, you can see where corn benefits from a bit of cooking or mm-hmm. in this case flaking. Flaked maize, flaked corn is a very, mm-hmm. you know, you can find that at your brew shops and uh, the flaking process takes right. care of that extra cooking for you. Well, you can get all these these uh, these grains flaked, and uh, people always ask me, you know, why would you, you know, why should I use uh, flaked, or why should I use, uh, you know, uh, corn grits, or, or whatever it might be, you know, rice, and go through the cereal mash process. You know, which one, you know, why would you use one over the other? And my take on it is, if you can get fresh flaked grains, mm-hmm. those are perfect to use. Just and it's much easier. You yeah. dump them in and, and just go for it. If you can't get fresh, the, the, the problem, once they, they, they gelatinize these things and roll them out flat, a lot more surface area exposed to oxygen pickup, they will stale much faster than right. the whole grain does. The grain being whole it really helps it uh, against spoilage. It's like uh, storing your your other brewing grains. If you have them crushed, they they stale much faster. They become slack and and no good much faster. If you leave them whole, they are you know stable for a long time. Same thing on these adjuncts. So those flake grains, uh, you know, they will spoil quite quickly. If you can get them from a shop that turns them over real quick. Great, you know, you're getting a nice fresh uh, product, and it'll taste great in your beer. There's no reason, I think, to use the uh, whole grains and cereal mash if you can get the the flake ones fresh. If you're worried about the freshness of the of the flake grains, you go with the, the 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 whole grains, get those fresh, and you can go ahead and do a cereal mash. It's not that mm-hmm. difficult. Um, it's essentially just work it up through the mash temperatures with a bit of barley malt in there. And then, uh, you know, bring it to a boil, get it all fluffy and full, and then, you know, dump it into your mash. Right, right. Yeah, the, um, as you say, the, the, the less processed the grain, the fresher the taste will be. The, mm-hmm. And the more of that character you'll get in your beer, you know, if that's what you're looking for. Um, otherwise, the flaked grains are the easiest form to use because mm-hmm, you can just mm-hmm. add them directly to your mash. They're right. pre-gelatinized. 
just stir them in and mash. If they've been sitting around on the shelf for a year or two, then right. the best to skip those and go to, go to the whole grains. All right, let's take a uh, short break, and we'll come back. We'll, we'll get your questions on uh, Bring With Adjuncts. Back after this. Keep your carboy cap on. This is Bruce Strong. We'll be right back. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Do you support the Brewing Network? Do you brew your own? Are you looking for any economical, fun, and legal way to do both? Subscribe to Brew Your Own magazine and do just that. All year long, Brew Your Own will surprise you, entertain you, and educate you with articles on beer and brewing from authors like the Brewing Network's very own Jamel Zedeshev and John Palmer. Each issue is a full pint of brewing techniques, homebrew stories, tips and photos, projects to make yourself, and recipes for the avid home brewer. Get your tough questions answered by Mr. Wizard. And polish your style accuracy with DeVille. A portion of every subscription goes to the Brewing Network, so subscribe today at byo.com slash brewingnetwork, or just click the BYO logo on the Brewing Network homepage and support a fantastic hobby and your favorite broadcaster. Brew your own. The how-to homebrew beer magazine. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. 
The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the More Beer Deal of the Day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Beer, baby. Uh, so we've been talking about adjunct brewing, and 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 really, uh, you know, we've we've gone over kind of the grains and uh, you know rice, corn, uh, rye, things like that. I think we need a show on using uh, sugars, sugars yeah. you know, in the boil, and 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 maybe we get into fruits and vegetables and things like that. I, I we yeah. did have somebody ask about using fruits and vegetables and sugars in in beers so uh you yeah. really need to do that show too i think that's kind of a, uh, a follow-on to this uh adjunct show so maybe the the next show up is going to be uh live q a but after that one maybe we'll do the uh the vegetables sugar and sugars yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it'll be good yeah because those those you know retain their own sugar profile and their own fermentability characteristics mm-hmm. when you're using you know starch adjuncts in the mash mm-hmm. you're still generating the same uh Types of sugar, yeah, right, fermentability sugar based on your temperature, and you can control it. And that's one thing you can take. Um, you know, I think they've said that you can take uh, other, other, uh, you know, fruits and things like that, and or vegetables, and you know, you can also use those in uh, in the mash and adjust the uh, the fermentability right, uh, right that way as well. So, all right, well, good. Uh, Good collection of uh, information there, John. Thank you very much. And uh, got some questions from the chat about uh, adjunct brewing. Yeah, a lot of questions. So I think they agree to do a, a second adjunct brewing show. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, some of these you may have covered, so they might be clarifications. Let's do them anyway. Uh, let's see. If I use a little, this is from the hijacker. If I use a little bit of corn in a bigger beer, say ten seventy five or more. Mm-hmm. Will it bring out that grainy bleh taste that you get from uh, the BMC beers, the big guys? Um, and if it does, then is it advisable to use sugar instead of corn? No, like, no, it won't. Okay. The uh, American Mega Brews, they're using up, up to 30%, mm-hmm. 35% adjunct. You know? Oh. Um, and, I th- and, you know, if... if that you know because that's that style i mean that's american light lager they're really you know they're pushing you know the whole light body uh light flavor profile with that high an adjunct level for you know american craft brewers you 25 percent is as high as i would ever go more like 15 to 20 percent is uh is a is a better level of of adjunct in terms of lightening the body um helping to you know, change. You know, lighten the character of the beer a bit, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and 
Well, and you you can use simple sugars. The the thing to keep in mind, if you're going to use simple sugars instead of corn or rice or something like that, is that that's going to affect fermentability. Uh, the simple sugars are going to are something that the yeast are going to consume first. Yeah. So you can use that, and if you're trying to get a bigger beer with a higher body and uh, you know malt flavor things like that, then. Um, you need to be careful about switching to simple sugars. You may need to change your mash temp, things like that as well. You know, if you're swapping out corn and simple sugar, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with simple sugar as well. Um, you know, but when you get to a certain percentage, you need to be careful because the yeast a lot of times will eat those simple sugars and then just kind of slow down and stop. Right. They won't be consuming the maltose. Or, right. you know, or a good percentage of the maltose. So if you're going to go a heavy amount of sugar, then you may want to hold off on that until after, you know, the bulk of fermentation's over and then start adding it like they do for something like a Dogfish 120. Matter of fact, we had a candy brew at show on Dogfish 120. So if you want to learn about using lots and lots of sugar in a beer to get really high alcohol, uh, listen to that candy brew at Dogfish 120 with uh, Sean Paxton. He's got uh, the uh, homebrew chef uh, show coming up. That's right. Uh, starting here soon. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, it's already started. You'll Go download it. Listen. Find it on the homepage. There you are. All right. All right. Well, speaking of sugars then, uh, Brew Bastard writes in, so from the description you guys gave, Splenda would be an adjunct. Would there ever be a good use for Splenda in a beer? Is Splenda worldwide, or is that just a U.S. thing? Sure. It's that fake well, sugar, you know. You know, aspartame. Yeah, if you're if you're looking, uh, go, go out and buy yourself uh, any number of uh, Flanders red and brown beers, the soured beers, or a lot of the lambics, the the sweeter lambics. Um, they will have aspartame, and really, other things in them. Yeah, they'll um, they. The a lot of the ones that are quite popular with people here, uh, that's the kind of sugar they use to sweeten them back. Wow! So they'll you know sour out, and then instead of trying to balance and pasteurize and do all that stuff, they just add the the artificial sweetener because it won't ferment. I see. So you'll see it actually listed on the bottle. Interesting. I never would have guessed that yeah. for beer. Uh, it just, I can I can taste it. It really stands out to me. So uh, I can just taste them, and then I'm like, I, I just know what's in here. <laughs> right. Sure enough, uh, it's listed on the bottle. And they say it right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Did you guys mention uh, Butt Kraken in the chat room? You'd have to put up with a couple of those. No, I don't think I said you, his name. Uh, he says, uh, did they mention being able to cook rice in a rice cooker? And then being sure. able to toss it into a mash. Yeah. 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 John was saying, you know, you can cook rice however you normally cook rice to eat for dinner. Okay. And then just throw it in. It's, it's fully, yeah, fully hydrolyzed, cooked. gelatinized, yep. et cetera. And Alan came in late, too. He said, what about cereals like puffed wheat or um, puffed or corn uh, okay. that's unsweetened? Can you add that directly to the mash? Yeah, that's, that's uh, called torification, okay. uh, technically. Um, pop- popcorn, puff- puffed wheat. Um, that is another way to pre-gelatinize uh, the starch, um, just like f- flaking. Um, flaking is a steam cook process, then you know flattening out by rolling. Uh, torification is uh, popcorn, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and yeah, you can you can if you're going to use uh, uh, torrified corn popcorn in your mash, uh, realize that you need to use an air popper. Uh, so you you know reduce the total amount of oil, but you're still getting 
that you know that complete kernel, that complete oil bearing kernel going into the mash. So it's not going to have the flavor longevity of uh, of a, a flaked corn addition. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, PSU home brewer in the chat room writes: Will rolled oats convert if you steep them with a little bit of two row? Also, yes. Okay, so that's just essentially adding the enzyme to right mm-hmm. to to speed up that uh, solubilization process. Well, and he's talking rolled oats, and and if it's um if you're if you're trying to do uh you know partial mash or something like that, like you're an extract brewer with specialty grains, and recipe calls for oats. Uh, you know, essentially you just steep those oats with a, a handful of, uh, uh, you know, enzyme-bearing barley, and those enzymes will convert everything. You know, you keep it around 150 degrees Fahrenheit for an hour, and it should all convert. Okay. So that's when you're doing those little mini mashes, and then you can just rinse the, the grains out, and there you are. Right. And the, when you do that, a lot of people ask about doing this, and um, the thing to do is... Uh, you know, dip your finger in or you know, the teaspoon in and, and taste what that tastes like when you start. Okay, after half an hour, an hour, taste it again. It should taste sweet. It should have a sweetness to it. Not really a heavy sweetness like you're drinking honey, but if it's not getting sweet, it's not converting to sugars. So okay. uh, that's that's one way to kind of tell. All right, and last question that came through the chat. Uh, guy brewed today, actually, using flaked rice for the first time. He wants to know, should we expect the same efficiency with adjuncts? Because he way overshot his uh, oh, OG, yeah. and his his thought was uh, either he mis- either his vendor mismeasured the grain or the rice. Yeah, well, it depends on you know what you're counting as the the amount of uh, uh, you know extract you're going to get from that grain. But you know when you're measure- weighing something out like rice. It's a hundred percent of it is the starch that's going to get converted. There's no husk portion or things like that. But that should all be, you know, if you're using, uh, you know, any of the the current brewing software, that should be kind of figured into the the calculations. Yeah, the 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 husk percentage of barley is about fifteen percent. So you get at at maximum you get about you know eighty five percent by weight extract soluble extract mm-hmm. out of barley. With rice, no husk, it's all starch. You're getting 100% fermentable extract. And so you're looking, you know, I mean, you're looking at like 42 to 46 PPG um, fermentable extract from that grain per pound. So it just depends on how you calculate. You wouldn't calculate the same as barley is is the point. Okay. That was it from the chat. All right. Good questions. And, uh, you know, if you're listening to these shows live and you're interested in asking questions, participating, you can do that. You go to the brewingnetwork.com. There's a button on there that says listen live. There's a button on there that says, you know, chat now. And uh, chat now takes you into uh, an application. You just uh, type in any name you want to uh, participate. It doesn't require a password or anything like that. It's moderated. Justin's there. Uh, you know, keeping an eye on things and, and getting your questions and answering questions for you. And you get to participate. You get to help uh, affect the, the flow of the show, right. so to speak. Anyways, uh, I think that was a good show. Our next show up is going to be uh, a live Q&A uh, session. So if you're listening live, you get to, again, join in the chat, ask questions. You can even dial on the, uh, the 800 line. We'll go ahead and take them randomly on screen this time, huh? How about that? Justin really likes to do that. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. So we'll do that and have a lot of fun. 
Uh, also, make sure you check out our, our great sponsor, Blickman, uh, BlickmanEngineering.com. Blickman with two N's. And don't forget that promo. Buy yourself a top-tier system so John and I and John can come out to your place and brew with you. That's right. Also, uh, we also have uh, great uh, yeast books in the store. Don't forget those. They'll be signed. Go ahead and uh, pre-order one of those. We'll, we'll be sending them to you. And uh, don't forget to... Uh, Check your testicles uh, for lumps every day. Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong, everybody. Bruce Strong.